We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Simon. And this is a special Christmas edition of Fusion Patrol. And uh, this year, as has been tradition for the last few years, we are looking at the, the annual Doctor Who Christmas episode. This time, Matt Smith's final swan song. I guess it's his only swan song, but his final episode <laughs> as a Doctor, Time of the Doctor. Simon, thank you for joining me. How was your Christmas? It's been very good fun. Thank you very much. How was yours? Not, not too bad. I got a, I got a sonic screwdriver oh. for um <laughs> fourth Doctor model. And uh, so now I can have fights with my son who has an 11th Doctor uh, sonic screwdriver. We can assemble cabinets at each other. And... Um, <laughs> So all you all you can do is open doors, whereas he can turn mobile phones into interstellar communication devices. Yeah, he does have a magic sonic. I'm not going to tell him that though. See, I, I set the rules of the game, so I can not write sonic screwdriver. I can do anything yours can. <laughs> um, but otherwise, yeah, good, good. We had. To... I, I I did get I did get uh, both uh, this month's edition of Doctor Who magazine, which I have to admit I'm not usually a scriber to, and the uh, 50th anniversary book um, with the uh, illustrations and the and the kind of overview of the 11 doctors which i have to say was uh low almost everything in it was stuff i already knew was a rather nicely presented book all right well let's uh, start with a, a brief summary of this episode um the doctor and everyone else in the universe in all of space and time are drawn to a solitary planet emitting an unknown signal the church of the papal mainframe gets there first and locks the planet off and now no one is willing to go down there first as it will start a bloodbath for no immediately obvious reason. The doctor does go down without bothering to learn the name of the planet and finds Amy's crack still smiling at him. But this time, he identifies the signal as coming from Gallifrey through the crack from another universe. They are asking Doctor Who and projecting a truth field so that no one can lie in its presence. The planet is Trenzalore. Once the question's been revealed, all the races suddenly jump to the perfectly reasoned conclusion that if the Doctor answers his name, the Time Lords will come through the crack, and the Time War starts all over again. Amy's crack must be destroyed. The Church of the Papal Mainframe undergoes a sudden transition to the Church of the Silence, their goal to stop the Doctor from ever speaking his name, and to maintain the stalemate. If the races attack, the Doctor will speak his name, and the Time Lords will return. The Doctor waits on the planet, growing old over centuries, while guarding the crack. Meanwhile, Clara is regularly sidelined at Christmas dinner back home. She's returned to the ancient doctor just before he dies, and the Daleks overrun Trenzalore. As the doctor goes to face down the Daleks one final time, Clara begs the Time Lords, through Amy's crack, to help him. They send him regenerations. He blows up the Daleks with them. Time is rewritten. He regenerates to a new doctor. End of story. So what was your initial reaction to this episode? I thought it was a serviceable episode. I mean, it had a job. To, in fact, it had a lot of jobs to do. It had a number of things to do, and it did them okay. Um, but it didn't make me, at the end of it, want to watch it again straight away in the way that, say, Day of the Doctor made me want to watch it again straight away and then watch it again straight away again. Um, so yeah, I'm, yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't a bad episode. Certainly wasn't uh, Matt Smith's greatest episode in a way. It's a shame because you kind of want him to go out on a real high. Um, but nevertheless, it wasn't say closing time or victory of the Daleks. It it, it really kind of. 
my, my thought was my first thought was only Moffat would have the have the 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 the, the brasas as I think the, they say in for your eyes only to um to uh, bore the doctor to death um for his regeneration <laughs> um uh, and, and, and in that sure respect, that's, that's quite fair. But yeah, I see what you mean. I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a fan of of this episode. I really there's one thing I like about it in particular that I'm I do and I don't like about it. And I guess I'll I'll put it this way. The the notion that the doctor gets to grow old here. From a story standpoint, it really doesn't hold up. But from a, gosh, isn't it nice that one of the Doctor's regenerations actually gets to hang around and grow old and reach a natural end? Unless you, you know, instead of going back and looking at, say, David Tennant, you know, three years, Christopher Eccleston, one, um, Colin Baker, two-ish. Um, and, you know, when they're counting up their ages, they're not moving up much. And, yeah, Tom Baker kind of jumped a couple hundred years across the course of his run but when they got up to peter davison there for a long time they were pretty much counting them away year by year and that's really kind of unfair uh to the doctor i i that's always been something i just didn't like so that moffat would try to address this and say you know the the 11th stroke 12th doctor um lived what 900 years it's hard yeah, to say. Yeah, I think it has to be about that. I mean, we, we, we've we obviously got, uh, well, it seems to have varied a little bit, but let's say about 300 years on the clock already mm -hmm. before this episode. We then get 300 years in the between middle. his arrival on Trenslaw and a, and Clara's first return. And then judging by the fact that his ageing um, between then and her second return seems to be far greater, you've got to assume that's at least another 300, 300 years. years. So 900 seems fair enough. So by, by the end of this episode, the doctor has been assuming he tells the truth about his life the doctor has been chinny for half of his life yes yes he's lived all the way up through roughly david Tennant's period who is somewhere in the low 900s so um yeah that that's kind of kind of odd would he be the same man you know would you would you i mean would he change yeah would he change considerably more in his outlook in his personality in you know when it comes along now to the next doctor to peter capaldi He's an he's twice as old as he was when he became the the previous doctor and he spent almost all of his life stuck on one planet. He spent half of his life stuck on one planet and it wasn't Earth um making toys. <laughs> Mostly, you know, fixing toys. It 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 really um you know, it's it's all nice to say we can just you know drop three hundred years here and there because he's a time lord. But at the same time, you know, there there, there might be implications for that that they should have been considering, and I, I don't kind of feel like they did, and I don't I think don't they like, ever will. I, I don't like it. Um, the that that age. I don't like that. Let's let's run through centuries of the Doctor's life in an hour of TV. But I've. <laughs> I kind of I, I I accept it a bit in this because there's an episode, there's an episode of the uh, when Lucy Miller was a companion of the Eighth Doctor in the audio adventures that have been on the radio, um, in which uh, the, for the Doctor six hundred years passes. So factor that into the whole age thing because I don't know quite where those six hundred years fit. <laughs> yeah, um, you see that those six hundred years are non-canon. Six hundred years apparently. Well, no, they are canon now because of Night of the Doctor. So you know you can't pull that one anymore. Um, <laughs> I. <clears throat> 
<laughs> but Colin I, Baker was eight, and Christopher Eccleston was nine. Colin Baker definitely put himself in his in the eight hundred range. I don't think he gave a specific. No, no, but, no, no. He didn't. He gave. He did give a specific number, and it was nine hundred and thirty-five. Colin Baker. Yep. You're going to ask me which episode next, and it's I would Daleks, say, isn't it? No, it's later than that. It. Hmm. It. it Ooh, it's trivia time. Oh, I don't know. I might. I might have to come back and put it as a <laughs> comment on when this gets posted. But that that causes that obviously causes problems with the aging thing because then you have Doc saying he's 903 in uh, let's say Voyage of the Damned so clearly at some point his age has gone backwards so that that, that could account for any number of spare centuries that may have uh, strayed off in his personal history mm, good point so there's a, there's a there's a problem with the aging uh, so I'm not I'm not too bothered about actually keeping track of the particular age but there is there is something about if you're going to do something this epic it, it, it it's quite hard to switch from a format where you have a kind of adventure that takes place in maybe a few hours maybe a few days normally in the space of one television episode to having adventure that is supposed to take place over a period of around 600 years yeah and so yeah obviously you skip a bit in terms of whether the doctor's personality is changed by that well i think that's a difficult question because clearly his personality changes most when he regenerates mm -hmm. and that's you know that's a particular time law thing and so relative to a few hundred years passing well for, for most people yes you age a few hundred years you probably do evolve into a slightly different person but maybe not as much as the doctor does when he changes personality in a regeneration well i hope uh i hope when capaldi doesn't witter on about stuff that he remembers doing on trenzalore a lot <laughs> i hope that's not how he <laughs> that i remember making a little wooden horse once for a kid and uh, please don't <laughs> <laughs> Yes, well, it might, might not have been most of me. I, I mean, there's a, I, I liked the idea. I did I did like the premise, which was that Doctor wouldn't leave. He he saw his duty as staying in order to protect Trenslaw because there was no way in which he could leave without something, without I, either the, the Time Lords coming through or the planet being burned by the, the amassed forces, which would be a problem. So I liked the idea that he was standing by and doing his duty however many centuries centuries passed and that he kept sending sending Clara away and sticking to this however much she tried to talk him out of it they did like that but I didn't so much like the fact that they and and, and this comes back to a, a problematic issue you highlighted when we were discussing the, the day of the doctor which I didn't feel was so much of an issue in that but this thing of the how how does the doctor actually age physically mm -hmm. because in in the past we've had a, you know a couple of centuries will pass thinking um, impossible astronauts Right. A couple of centuries will pass with no physical effect whatsoever. Right. We have a joke in uh, River Song's timeline of saying that she will de-age by a couple of years. So from that perspective, you don't expect Time Lords to age normally. But then, as Hartnell, you say, Hartnell Clark, aged three hundred, roughly three hundred years, and died. Yes, and he 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 wore thin. The War Doctor um, wore thin um, and needs a new body. And as you say, physically, his aging, his 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 appearance had changed quite a lot. Obviously, for the longest-serving Doctors on television, including the Fourth Doctor with his seven years, but now also, of course, the Eighth Doctor with his seventeen years. There, there there's this, you know, in, just purely in terms of the actor's natural physical appearance. 
there's quite a big change in in that and so you start getting into questions of well should you know should that correspond to a fixed ratio in terms of time lord aging or whatever and my feeling is it, it, it's a bit troublesome if there's any kind of correlation for that so i don't know why and and so i, I kind of feel there's a license to say well you know just ignore that and so i don't know why they felt obliged to kind of smother matt smith in prosthetics in this i know they've done it in the past in the leisure hive and in um well perhaps lee said about that but last of the time or last of the time was, yeah um but, I, I, you know, it, it doesn't... I, I think that's a, a difficult thing for the actor to do because, A, they're, they're acting under an artificial face and, B, they're having to do the actual, you know, portraying a, a human being older. Uh, you know, I think that's, that is quite difficult. It, to me, it would have seemed like quite an interesting thing for, for Matt Smith to portray a Time Lord being 600 years older without changing physical appearance. He's an interesting actor. I think he would have found a way of doing it um, that would have been better than kind of giving him a, an even more outrageous just wig or turning his hair white mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i'll just i'll skip ahead to it here and i didn't particularly appreciate the fact that then after the fact that they had aged him to the point of regeneration they made up a new regeneration rule that says you uh, you reset yes back I to partic- what you look I like particularly dislike that for your long-winded final scene which i didn't mm. like i mean it well, wasn't, there, it wasn't a things, nice scene but there are, there are there are two there are two things to dislike about it one is um if they are going to go through the you know the idea of, the, of this having the physical aging thing as part of this final story then they should see it through yep. it seems to me self-indulgent that they give him a scene where he gets to take all the slap off and do a proper acting with his real face that is the scene. exact word I have written down here self-indulgent <laughs> yeah well it's, it's self-indulgent both in, both in that sense I think because, I mean I felt they should have let him act with his real face through the whole thing but if they're going to do the prosthetics then they should see it through yes. that was my feeling but it's also a self indulgent scene because it's unnecessary it's just the actor yes. saying goodbye. goodbye and it and it and it's just the end of time all over yes, again that's exactly Please, what i have written down here away from this this idea that, that you know the actor gets to have a speech and david Tennant's, you know i don't want to go here's thing. my exact quote the reset and pontificating rather like Tennant's victory lap was self-indulgent mm, mm. <laughs> i mean that's exactly I mean, it wasn't as bad it wasn't as bad but it, it's 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 clearly inspired by that mm-hmm. and I, I i hate to think that you know we now have a new a new regeneration tradition because i love the way that eccleston regenerated in tenant which was a surprise in a that surprise. It, it, it came at the end of, of parting of the way which is where death and, usually comes yeah and and you know and the story was bam right you know right into the regeneration i guess eccleston did get to say you know what i've been fantastic and maybe maybe that's the seed of it there but it kind of worked in that it didn't feel like we're going to stop the story here and give the give the actor a soliloquy to kind of yeah. mark his passing from the role no, and that no. that does seem to me what is going on here with you know T- david tennant matt smith i have loved them in the role of the doctor they have been superb i don't i i, I don't want to deny them their their rightful kind of stature as as actors in that but it doesn't it just doesn't seem an appropriate way to market to no. give them a kind of in-story on-screen kind of wink. extraneous farewell speech like that wink to the camera basically yeah i yeah. mean you know a tear sarah jane for john pertwee i mean he he is saying goodbye yes uh you know it's the end the moment has been prepared for all of that stuff is is sufficient I mean, they have they have won they have
have won out heroically. They have they've made it back to their friends to say goodbye or however in, in Pertwee's case, and then they die. Um, not I think I'll quote a little poetry and and have a talk with you about how I'm going to remember this and 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 then there's one other thing about the regeneration that that I mean I've got a couple of things about the regeneration, but the other thing was I really really hated having Amy Pond there, and it's not that I'm opposed to her being important to him, although she was only important to him for two years of his 600 or 900 year <laughs> life, if you think about it. Um, I'm sure he had longer friendships with many people on Trenzalore than he but, did but with it, Amy. And it uh, sidelines Clara's importance totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. utterly ignoring Clara here, basically, and the important thing is for me to say goodbye to my imaginary Amy. I, I buy it because it's, it's not about the length of their friendship or how, it, it, it's not the, the 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 thing he said about it and he's and he said it before is that her face i mean she, uh, is it the power of three mm -hmm. her face was the first face this face ever saw and having kind of gone through the regeneration episodes and the looked at the, the the way in which there is that kind of formative period when the doctor it does a post regeneration when the doctor doesn't seem to be fully baked i can see how a, meeting a particular person then could make a a strong impression and, and create a strong link so I maybe don't hate it quite as much as you do, but I don't see it adds anything. It doesn't add anything. That, I, that whole scene could have gone and... That was meant know, to be our didn't... surprise. Ooh, Amy! That was, that was the secret surprise that they hid back from everybody, but I... I... It just if he had even just seen her face floating around in his vision as he faded out, that would be a little bit different <laughs> than actually style. hallucinating her come in and hold her face and 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 talk to her and <laughs> like it was um, it, it really did it made me feel like Clara was unimportant to him and you know he's only had two companions in nine hundred years and. Clara's <laughs> as the the current one you know she seems every bit as important to him as to me as amy not saying maybe she should be but you know she's his best friend it's that it's that kind of um uh, but it, it you know she's there so she gets her acknowledgement in that sense i guess i mean i don't know i i you know why is it rare i don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> I, yeah I, I i don't want i don't want to defend it um i guess i'm not i'm not as offended by that particular aspect of this scene um just more wondering what the point of the whole sequence was at all because I, um, I, I i mean i did i i did kind of feel that i at that point i would see capaldi I, you know i i was i was all ready to see capaldi at that point the, you, yeah it was a slightly odd regeneration as well because uh because you you know you get the regeneration energy flowing out blowing up all the daleks which i didn't like no no but, no 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 in fact if, um, if that's all the time lords had to do can you really believe for a second that the time war would have lasted no not at all that, that the proof of that, proof of the fact that Bad Wolf Rose can just look into the time vortex and then wipe all of the Daleks out of existence in the universe, as she did. The Time Lord's time. powers are so stunningly amazing that I just don't believe that they could be fought to a standstill by the Daleks. I, I, I'm, I'm even more convinced that there's just no way they could have been... And then, you know, he got to do his little Stonehenge rock star thing, only this time he's swinging his arms around and shooting fireballs at him. And, uh, no, I didn't, yeah. Yeah, I, yes. I, I didn't like... The, 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 the regeneration energy seems to have become more and more kind of destructive. Um, at least he didn't blow up his TARDIS. From the end of time, yes. But that's because he wasn't in the TARDIS when it was doing the, the whole shooting fire out thing. But we we I, we didn't see the face change. And, and that's felt a bit odd, you know, Clara emerging, having 
run to hide in the building. Mm -hmm. I expected her to go to the tower and find, you know, the body, a, a body in the smoking remains that would turn out to be Capaldi. Or, so, or she heads off to the TARDIS, sees his clothes lying around on the ground, and Capaldi is there. Exactly. That I mean, that was that was what I was expecting then. When you see the boots, you expect them to belong to Capaldi, and that's obviously intended. Or you're, you're being tricked again. Um, and it's not that I don't like Moffat's tricky, clever writing. It's just that it's a trick about something that is not important to the story. It's just playing with the viewers, mm -hmm. and it doesn't doesn't work. And then when you do get a change from Smith into Capaldi, it's almost a jump cut. It's it's barely a, a kind of regeneration change at all, which which feels very odd. Um, and I kind of expected some. I I did kind of expect Moffat to do something different with this regeneration because he's just had a bit of a regeneration bet, given that in the last um, month he's he's had Night of the Doctor regenerating and Day of the Doctor. Yeah. Day of the Doctor regenerating her, and so he could have done something different with this. There are three regenerations this year, and Time of the Doctor's regeneration was the poorest of the bunch. In, indeed. Um, I, another thing where where my uh, expectations were slightly confounded because I was expecting Moffat to do something clever was the the second time that Clara is tricked into going back to her miserable Christmas dinner. <laughs> When the TARDIS rematerializes and she runs into the TARDIS and stops because it's not who she expects to see at the console, I thought that she would be seeing Capaldi there. I thought that Moffat was going to do something clever and timey-wimey where he introduced Capaldi before we see the regeneration. Because after all, why not? You know, he's a time traveller. Mm -hmm. But uh, but instead we instead, got our River Songs clone. Um, yes, and, and we and we get a, we get a very we we then get just a very kind of straight linear regeneration where the, the, the kind of variations are quite oddly unsatisfying. Okay, I got a, I've got a list here. Um, I've got a number of topics, one numbered one through eight. Pick one. We'll just, we're going to go through these in a random order. Cause, and uh, you might as well not bother to pick uh, number four because that's regeneration. Okay, so not Tom Baker. Um, I'll go from again eight. Okay, you would go from again eight. All right. Well, well this you know is, me. This is, that's right to the end then. That's the uh, how satisfying was the tie-up for this story. I had a couple things that uh, specifically now we're talking about all these mysteries that he's supposedly started closing up like the crack and the silence <clears throat> who they are and what's going on did, did those answers make a lot of um, make a lot of sense to you i i liked the i wasn't expecting him to try and do as much of that as he did so I like the fact that it seemed to be attempting to do some of those things. So we get the, the, the reappearance of the church papal mainframe and we get a, we, we get a crack and we connect. And, and also we, we, we're following up. up I mean, the day, of, day of the Doctor, I mentioned one of the things that I wasn't that keen on was the whole finding Califrey thing. But I didn't expect it to be followed up straight away the next episode. By finding Califrey, yeah. I thought, you know, and but that, that was OK. So I thought, all right, well, you know, maybe we're going to deal with this here and now and get it out of the way. Um, and so it, in theory... I liked I liked that being tied in with whole cracks in the universe and, and all the rest of it. So when these things appeared on screen, yeah, I liked them. Um, but the way in which, and I, I guess this is partly because he had an hour to do it, but the way in which they were tied up just were not that satisfying because, for example, who blew up the TARDIS? Well, it turned out to be the, the Covarian branch or a... branch of the church, uh, you know, who were a renegade branch. Which is, you so know, we... kind of, the, the I guess, the uh, the Protestants and the Catholics. 
I, I don't mind. The, I don't mind there being a schism. Right. That, 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 that's 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 very interesting. What I do mind is that it, it's the it's Kavarian and her arm of the church that are behind all of this, not some higher power. Because if that was the case, why didn't we learn about this in at, at Demons Run or in the Wedding of River Song? Mm-hmm. Because they could have explained it then. I was expecting there to be some greater greater agency, the, the kind of next level boss, oh my God. as it were. I was expecting Black to be Omega, yeah, be, be, because because of all the insignia that we've that we've seen. So I was I was kind of expecting the Omega conspiracy to be answered, and I did wonder if Tasha Lem might turn out to be a regeneration of Omega. But probably just as well I didn't air that opinion because it would have clearly been <laughs> it, it, it meant clearly wrong. But yeah, I mean it, it, the Omega thing, but but also if it's not Omega, then at least it should have been someone because the Doctor explicitly says someone with the technology to actually project the uh, the control beam into the TARDIS to con- to, to um, transmit the rebel flesh version of Amy um, and and that and and that the, the Kavarian branch in an attempt to save the universe from the uh, the Doctor um, would blow up the universe because blowing up TARDIS would destroy the universe. Destroy the universe. Yeah, that wasn't a, a really a great um, plan. What? Why? No. So not a great plan. You know, in, in principle, I'm in favour of of explaining these things, but um, but not if it's just paying lip service. Yeah. So uh, the the and of course we have to go into that whole argument between are the silence a race or the silence an order a religious order and of course Moffat said they've been a religious order but but nonetheless the the goofy looking very forgettable aliens the silence are part of this order and they explain them as being confessional priests genetically modified so that when you give them your confession you forget it which as an explanation a is kind of a bad idea because I kind of thought the point of confession, I mean, apart from the whole religious connotations, but I mean, from the personal satisfaction is my point, is that sort of cathartic release of getting it off of your chest. Oh, and that's, your, that's your atheist view. It is my, it is. But if they did you're, that... You're, you're forgetting that they're doing it for the benefit of their immortal soul. So it doesn't matter. But then you forget it. They forget about so it. So you don't know you did it. So yes, you have to your, do it again. Your immortal soul is cleansed. But you well, keep yes, having no, to do it again. <laughs> yes, you probably would do it again. But you know... So you're not really but, accomplishing it, and ah, oh, yeah. But if you if you put something through the wash several times, then you know it, it, if you imagine doing the equivalent with your soul, imagine how much cleaner it's going to get. I, I suppose, or or you would wear it out in much the same way <laughs> as the uh, the guard at the Black Archives at Unit is, who doesn't know it's not his first day every day of his life because he would just go into this infinite loop of I came here to confess, I came here to confess, <laughs> I came here to confess. <laughs> And then the stated goal is not what happens when you see the uh, the silence anyway. You forget that you saw them all together. So you wouldn't even know you'd been there. I mean, it's it's even worse than just forgetting about what you you said, or you forget about the sin, or you forget about whatever it is. It's just simply, you know, that's how they genetically engineered it. They did not think about it for more than two seconds. They just said, how do I do that? Oh, yeah, that'd be a great thing if they were priests. I I, I felt that was very sloppy on, on Moffat's part. I did think the silence were were not done justice in this, because I, I really like the silence in uh, the, the Day of the uh, Impossible Astronaut and, and Day of the Moon, and, and, and uh, the Wedding of River Song. And in this episode, because of 
of the 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 kind of mantra from the wedding of river song um and through through the kind of name of the doctor storyline that the silence will fall when the question is answered on the fields of Trenzalore. this should have been a big silent story and instead all we get is this reference to them as being these confessional priests mm-hmm. and, get... and a little menacing of clara for no apparent reason yes we we, we we i mean clara encounters them which seems to be setting something up explaining for those who haven't seen the silence before how they work but then you don't they don't use them so it doesn't matter that. All, all that happens then as far as silence are concerned is they get to zap a few dialects on the surf trends law which so let me ask you this question there was a scene at the end where tasha's narrating and said and so the doctor and the silence immortal enemies the doctor and the silence set about to defending Trenzalore against you know all comers the Daleks and we see a scene where the doctor's kind of walking and there's some flames and there's silence behind him walking and you know as, as in solidarity does he know these are they're back there has he forgotten that they're standing behind him helping him well presumably yeah yeah because it's kind of not your most useful ally <laughs> you can't remember they're there so did were there any answers that you wanted answered from the 11th Doctor uh, era that was uh, not answered? Like who gave Clara the Doctor's phone number? Just personally, I'm still a little... Uh, um, I can't I can't say I've been losing sleep over that one, no. Um, I The biggie was who blew up the TARDIS, and I'm most unsatisfied beyond that we've been given on that. So yeah. Um, I get, yeah, I guess we've been given an answer. The other the other thing was, and, and, and because it was in the trailer, I was expecting a, an answer on this. Unless you unless you got an answer out of it that I missed. Um, room 11 in Hotel, whatchamacallit. I, I, yeah, somebody somewhere mentioned, you know, something about that. But yeah, I saw no reference to that of any kind well there's, a, there's, a, there's the clip in the episode there is the be- clip in the episode well it, yes it's, it's in flashback but anyway i it, it absolutely is there but you don't you don't see much more than you see in the trailer and you you certainly don't get an answer well i certainly you know at the end of the episode i was still wondering who do we actually know apart from the all the guesses we've already had who the doctor actually saw in the hotel room in the god complex see i would have thought um after day of the doctor that it was it was the war doctor that he saw. Well, it could it could have been that that would have been a, a, an acceptable answer. It would have been reasonably neat. Yeah, fair enough. But because um, he's looking in a TARDIS, he opens a door and he hears a cloister bell. So presumably, the scene he's seeing is inside a TARDIS. Could be his. Could be the master's. Could be you know, anybody's TARDIS. But that would have yep, been yep. that would have been the thought that, that crossed my mind. And and the other the other thing about this episode that that kind of was unsatisfying to me it was because it was told in the past tense through narration and overlay about a, a, an event that you know is done again like the end of time kind of takes me out of it when i watch the the, the narration we're given we're being narrated by this tasha lem character who when it starts don't know who it is don't have any don't have any vested um interest in it, it, it just yeah all right uh well that's number eight then crossed out unless you, um uh, I guess I could say ask if there wasn't a simpler system than building a psychopath to kill the doctor. I mean, they blew up the TARDIS, <laughs> which is blowing up the entire universe, or we created a Time Lord-ish woman who is crazy who will kill him. Again, you know, one of those one of those plots that you you really are really making a Rube Goldberg out of a out of a way to get to destroying the doctor. Kind of seems. I like don't think you need an answer to that. Exactly. Personally, let's go for a Troughton two. A Troughton two. Oh, that's Amy's crack. So we met... <laughs> So I have a few questions here. We'll just start, uh, run them down. So 
is it plausible that the TARDIS could not actually decode the message from Gallifrey on its own? That um, didn't make well, much that, sense. I think that had been foreshadowed in, uh, gosh, um, where where did where would that first have come up? It might have come up in the Satan Pit, the Impossible Planet Satan Pit. Well, that was because it was so was old right that they couldn't. Yes, yes, so it was ancient Gallifrey and the TARDIS couldn't uh, couldn't read. Well, the Satan Same Pit on, it was on a... his cot in uh, in uh, Good Man Goes to War. It did translate it though. It did translate it. Well, eventually okay. it did because then they saw that River Song Melody Pond turned into. Oh no, the cot it didn't. You're right. You're right. You're right. And where did it? Where did it get the? Um, where did the Doctor get the the algorithm from that he gave to Handel? Oh, that was the um, that was the seal of the High Council that he took off the Master in the Death Zone in the Five oh, Doctors. Oh, yes, reference the Five Doctors. Yes, that was it. Yes. So this is the first time that Matt Smith appeared, or any modern Doctor appeared to have TARDIS pockets like Tom Baker did. <laughs> that he could yes. reach in and pull something that was just like you really have been carrying that around for you know whatever it is five hundred years. <laughs> Since, since you were Peter Davison's doctor, and now you can just reach in and pull it out. That was cool. So this signal is being broadcast to all of time and space. They said that several instances, and everybody came to see. Logistically, all of time and space, why didn't all the doctors show up then? Uh, question. I don't know. I don't know why it has to go to to all of time and space. I once the signal starts, it's going everywhere. That's good enough. Localizing that. Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, the, the the thing I dislike about this, but which I also disliked about Pandorica opens and the Big Bang, is the idea that all of these alien races will turn up and I, live I mean, contemporaneously. The, well, they 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 may be in the same place and the same time. Um, some of them have time travel, so even that seems to me to be explicable. The fact they won't blow the hell out of each other and we'll just park next to each other makes no sense at all it, it, see, see that that seems to me to be absolutely ludicrous and again i don't see why it needs to be the case you only need one alien threat there the daleks would seem a good one given their um history with with the time lords that's you know just coming straight out of the day of doctor um, if they thought be, it was be, Gallifrey, yes. Well, yes, yes, yes. That that's true. But it, it's it's when it's when you discover it's Gallifrey and this the standoff is created. The reason that the Doctor needs to stay in Christmas and protect it. That's the bit where, to me, the the plot seems to start to make sense and the the, the story seems to have a kind of core to it. But it doesn't. That 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 doesn't seem to need the setup. This slightly ludicrous setup with all of these kind of warring warlike alien races parking happily next to each other. And it doesn't actually seem to work going beyond the point at which the, the that that ceasefire end because then you you know once once the Daleks start making incursions onto the the planet or whatever and and essentially it looks like the whole place is doomed you wonder well in, in that case what has what's the Doctor got to lose mm-hmm. why doesn't he why doesn't he say his name and let the Time Lords through yeah why don't uh, why doesn't the fact that the that Clara uh, goes up to the crack and says oh please Time Lords the Doctor is here and he needs Needs your help. She doesn't say what he needs, uh, and they somehow know he needs regenerations, and they send them to him. Doesn't that actually tell them that the doctor is there and that this is the right place to come through? Yes, good yeah. point, actually. No, he's there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she's under a truth field, so it's not like she'd be lying that the doctor is here and he needs your help. <laughs> so, yes. So uh, yes, kind of yes. really not necessary to even ask the question, Doctor Who. They could just say, are you the doctor? Are you the Time Lord known as the doctor? Is it safe for us to come through? Um, I mean, I think when we're, when we're talking about the, the things that this episode has to do, and it, it, it's obviously got to be Matt Smith Farewell, which we, we've talked about 
it has to tie up the, the, the kind of various Moffat loose ends that we've talked a bit about. It's also taking on itself follow-on from Day of the Doctor. It's got to be a Christmas episode, which we haven't yet talked about. But it's also, again, because Moffat's decided it has to do this, it's also got to address the 13 regenerations thing that was introduced in, uh, I forget, was it the Deadly Assassin? Deadly Assassin, yeah. Um, which, I, I mean, I've said a number of times he before. Cheats to regener- he, he cheats to address it early, too. But Well, I no, I, I, mean, th- I think that's a legitimate interpretation of it, but... But I don't think he had to do it. I mean, I don't think he would have had to do it even if we had, even if we were on the end of Thirteenth Doctor going into the Fourteenth Doctor. Because I think, as I've said a number of times before, it's better just to ignore it because it seems like a pretty boring thing to have to resolve, unless you can come up with a brilliant story out of it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, all right, maybe he's going to come up with a brilliant story out of it. No, the Time Lords just kind of dish them out like some kind of candy in this bu- case because bu- he ate bureaucratic, it. yeah, bureaucratic uh, regeneration administration bureau or whatever and and the that, fact that's that not that there's nothing exciting about that that's just like you know fill in an application form sign here or whatever you know, no, yeah it's good enough we'll, we'll give we were willing to give him to the master if he did us a favor so we'll we'll send some to the doctor so the hope that someday yeah, I mean, he'll it's, help it's us consistent it's consistent with that but it's um illogical it's not that interesting yeah anyway well, so they send him regenerations show him. and uh and you know they knew he needed regenerations which means they knew what was going on on the other side not only did they did they have to know what was going on the other side to send regenerations without Clara saying that that's what he needed but they also needed to know what was going on on the other side so that they could move the crack apparently that they're in charge of the location of the crack uh, <laughs> and so that it would be you know in the sky and and give rain down on on Matt Smith and so of course the crack doesn't fit in with anything else really that we saw in the past episodes where people were escaping through the cracks prisoner zero vampires in Venice they were also running from things that were coming through the cracks which again in vampires and venice was the silence was coming through the cracks not protecting the crack or stopping people from talking to the crack but they were coming through the crack so it was sort of like a sort of creeping field of entropy or something coming through uh anyone who got close to the crack would get erased like rory all the soldiers in time of angels all the weeping angels in time of angels um amy's parents but not clara gets to sit next to it and bathe in the bright oh, the shiny light well the doctor yeah i mean he 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 showed that he could in um hungry earth or, or the other half uh, in cold blood whichever it was was able to stick his hand in there and pull out the uh, the, TARDIS the tardis plaque plaque yeah but that hurt him and it was only you know time lord ish physiology that allowed him to get away with that but yeah everybody else was just being basically zapped out of existence because the crack was doing time stuff so i was a little not really happy that they just sort of revised poor Amy's crack. I am so pleased that they gave us the opportunity to make a few cracks about Amy's crack one more time. Because hopefully we'll never see Amy's crack again. <laughs> uh, important though it was to the doctor, clearly. But... <laughs> Um, I, I can't see you have any grounds for complaint about this episode because no, you had so much pleasure from discussing Amy's Crack. It's but, the return uh, of Amy's Crack. That's what they should have called the episode instead of Time of the Doctor. All right, give me another number here. Uh, one, two. Uh, let's have a McCoy 7. A McCoy 7. Oh, this is just miscellaneous stuff. Um, I just wanted to mention, did you catch any, apart from you seeing the hotel room with the thing that the doctor was afraid of, did you notice that uh, there were monoids in this episode no. from the Ark? Um, they were in the um the punch and judy show the doctor was defeating a monoid which i thought was a nice little touch back but yeah nice nice matt smith being bald 
Ah, yes, I did like that. I liked that a lot, actually. So every picture I saw of Matt Smith, he was not that bald for this no, movie. No, with he his head shaved. No, I mean that was that was obviously I either I I either I mean I don't I don't know what, I don't know what he was working on or whatever. Uh, presumably he'd done the job where he had cut his hair before he filmed this, mm-hmm. so it didn't matter if he shaved his head or maybe it was actually a, a bald wig. I don't know. But after all the fuss about the hair. I just thought that was a hilarious thing to do. Um, so I, I, I did like that. I didn't, I didn't totally follow all of the nudity stuff, but the, the, the nude, the nude scalp was, uh, was yeah, a the, the nudity stuff was kind of, I'm just, I'm going to combine six and seven because that's the six, seven was so short. The, the, the nudity stuff goes with earth Christmas. The, the totally incidental to this plot, uh, sequence with Clara's newly discovered family and the doctor for some reason, developing a hologram system for projecting fake clothes that only works tuned to individual people. Um, was that funny? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was quite funny. Um, I just didn't, I didn't understand how it worked. Um, I, I mean, I understood how it worked in that scene. <laughs> right, in that scene, kind of, uh, yeah. So he's definitely not wearing clothes. He's definitely not wearing clothes, and then he's then he's projecting into Clara's brain um, the clothes, so that she thinks he is wearing clothes. That makes sense. I, I'm with um, that. Okay, sense is is pushing it, but at least it's it's got a consistent narrative. <laughs> And that he would do that to go see her family and not think about it is. <laughs> then, then there's the whole she I was just naked. Loved the way she took she he took her aside and said, you know, "I think my being naked is causing a bit of awkwardness." <laughs> I yes, I did think that. That was very Matt Smith. That was yes, that was Matt yes. Smith doing his doing it doing his wacky Matt Smith. Well, I will I will grant that. I just thought, well, that we're just doing this scene to just do this scene because yes. I have to, I have to say. Your, your point about the family is 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 spot on because I I kept expecting something to to happen out of that plot. Certainly the second time Clara was tricked into going back in the TARDIS, it felt like something was going to develop, and then almost immediately the TARDIS turns up and boom, away she goes, and that whole plot line never it never gets revisited again. Um, and it, and it, the whole thing, even you know where we were in those family scenes, felt so spectacularly awkward. If that had been a Russell T Davies episode, that's his that's his bread and butter stuff. You know he would have he would have made that scene lively and those, those scenes you know the family interactions lively and believable or whatever it felt to me so uncomfortable like this is not what Stephen Moffat is is most at home writing about I couldn't understand why he had bothered with it and you know we've been given Clara's family kind of kind of you know we were introduced to her dad and her mom and we know her mom is dead and so that guy was supposed to be her dad is that is that what I take from this I don't remember whether she called him dad or not at any point, she called the old woman Nan. She, yeah, that was definitely her Nan. I, I mean, I wasn't too clear. I, I, and who's that other woman that was kind of snotty? Stepmom? Or uh, well, it, yeah, whoever the guy. I mean, whether it was step, whether that was her dad or whether it was an uncle. Or, to be honest, I don't know. I, it, it just seemed odd to be introducing a family to her at this point. Yeah. Instead of having her be with the family that she was with in in uh, Bells of Saint John. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just to to me the concept of Clara having a family 
certainly seems odd, given, you know, after after being introduced to her as in Asylum of the Daleks and then the Snowmen, as this kind of free spirit character, albeit this mysterious, different time, different place, same person, free spirit, to have her rooted in a particular time. I mean, it's Christmas, you have to have family. I guess that's mm, the argument, mm, but mm. awkward time yeah. for her to interact with, or for him to interact with humans. But, and then we carry the naked stuff on with the, uh, the papal mainframe, where you're supposed to be naked so who who were they projecting the clothes for that that was why i didn't didn't understand i mean at first i thought that they were projecting nudity but i wasn't sure but clara said it is i feels like i'm wearing nothing or something like that she didn't make a line about how it was there was nothing yes which which confused me in itself and it also can keep you warm because the hologram will generate a heat field he said that when they plunked down in the snow so so they were both naked they were both buck naked yes and so why were they bothering to project any clothes at all? Good question. And, and and why were the rest of the church not naked? Correct. That's a good point. And the fact that they said, we appreciate your nakedness when they came in, seems to imply that they were everyone there was seeing them naked. And then later on, when, when uh, Tasha says, um, you know, we're all trained to three, see through holograms, long time ago, Clara goes, oh, great. As if, oh my gosh, you mean they've been seeing me naked? They've been seeing you naked? <laughs> was never... Yes. And uh, then yes, we never I used quite confusing they had a perfect thing right there that when the when clara went back to the tardis after the daleks are blown up and we see young matt smith all he had to do is say you know i'm just here in this form by way of my hologram and turns it off and he's peter capaldi you could have oh had, yes you could have had your last you, you could have had your last image of young matt smith as she saw him as he tried to reassure her that he's you know the same guy that, yeah, you see, again, that would have been a that would have been a twist. I could have. It felt like they were setting that up for something, and then they never mm, used it. So, mm, mm. Yeah. let's have a Pertwee three. A Pertwee three. The planet Trenzalore. Um, who builds a farming community on a planet that only has a few minutes of daylight each day? Yeah, for question. <laughs> I suppose someone who can grow things in the dark. Yes. Uh, a mushroom farmer. Uh, yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Um, and how is it that the doctor was so irresponsibly negligent not to know that that was Trenzalore? It's not like the TARDIS doesn't know what planet it is. Surely. But I... When he arrived. Surely. <laughs> I mean, they were just at Trenzalore a few weeks ago, and they didn't know I, that was... Well, it's, it's not unknown for the doctors to turn up and think he's somewhere else. Um, I, I was taking from the fact that the planet had been completely locked down by the church, that they were somehow cloaking and hiding where it was. So that, 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 was, that was what I inferred was the reason, but I don't know whether that actually was set up in it or whether it was just something I was assuming to paper over the cracks. <laughs> Amy's crack. Um, and um, if, let's say that this has played out the way we think it would have played out if time had not changed. Obviously, for the Doctor to have made his last stand at Trenzalore, which was all about the question, which we now know the question's coming from the crack, we know that it's coming from the Time Lords, therefore this has been a hint that the Time Lords have been around the entire time that Matt Smith has been there, the, the, the crack, because otherwise they wouldn't have asked the question... Uh, but that, that that I like that that seemed to me to tie the day of the Doctor in with everything else. Yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm, so yeah, I'm I'm fine so far with that. But let's say that he had died at Trenzalore. Who built the fake River Song Grave? 
I I'm not sure. I I don't understand it, and I think this is this is my biggest gripe with the episode, and it kind of ties in with the the, the silence not being not being used properly. But when you do a let's change time episode, and you have Clara banging on about change future. You need to see what is being changed. And it, I, I mean, it's difficult following on from Dave's Doctor because that's just what they've done in Dave's Doctor. But we knew exactly what was being changed in Dave's Doctor, even if we're still a little bit confused over where those memories of actually seeing Gallifrey burn came from. What we, what we don't get in this is the kind of that foretold epic ending for the Doctor and the silence so that we can actually see what is being averted and what is being changed. We just have this ongoing thing with the property that once again is, you know, it's it steered down a different track before it even happens. So... Yes, I mean, how how does the Doctor die? Who in battle, as he kind of phrased it in name of the Doctor? Although, but but how? I mean, when the why why does he why does he answer the question in the original version of history? And when does he answer it? And what happens when he answers it? And you know, it, the, what 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 events actually come together from? We 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 kind of see the standoff, which, as I say, is kind of a thing I like in this episode, where he's trying to protect. The planet but then at some point there has to be in in the original course of history there has to be an answer given Mm -hmm. because that's what we know happens when the question is answered the silence will fall and we know the doc dies because is it when the question is answered or when the question is asked that was when the question was asked question is asked isn't it yeah silence must fall yeah or you know he says science will fall and then and then uh what's his name says well really more silence must fall Something like that. So again, once again, everyone else in the universe knows everything there is to know that the Doctor needed to know, (laughs) but the Doctor didn't know it. And so here's my other question. If the only thing stopping the Daleks from destroying the planet was the Church of the Papal Mainform, or the Church of the Silence, if you will, and the Doctor, and the Doctor is heading off up to the roof to die of old age, I did love that line where he said, um, you know, you want a job, right? You got to do it yourself, because the Daleks have never managed to kill him. Um, Then that's fine. But once he dies, aren't they going to destroy Trenzalore well, to, exactly. to eliminate the crack? So instead of going up there to die, the last thing his dying breath should have been was to say his name. Exactly. I mean, that, that was my point earlier. Of, of, of at once, once the planet is clearly going to fall, so once you shift away you from go the nuclear. stalemate, then what have you got to lose anymore? What's, what's been set up is this nice situation where you can't answer the question, but at the same time you can't leave. So it is a true stalemate. But the balance shifts mm-hmm. because the Daleks infiltrate the, the Church of the Papal Mainframe, they land on the planet, and clearly everything in the end is going to go their way. So what would he have to lose why doesn't he why doesn't he do that at that point instead of leaving clara to whisper into amy's crack yeah i i don't i don't it doesn't make any sense to me what what he was hoping to gain unless he's assuming that if i speak the name the time lords come back the time war starts again and the universe ends so yes, the, the war the war could extend beyond Trenzalore. All reality once again goes into a fight. You know, I kind of wonder when when Oswin made the Daleks forget about the Doctor. Did they make them forget about the Time Lords? How did the Daleks know about the Time Lords? I mean, I know they got it back from Tasha in this episode, which you know, what was the point there, Moffat? You you wiped their knowledge of the Doctor at the beginning of the season, and at the end of the year, you gave it back to them, mm. and didn't have any Dalek stories in between, really. Yeah. So what do they know about the Time? more if they've had to forget actually the whole doctor wiping himself out of time um thread we're talking about tying up loose ends Mm. is that is that something that has been 
concluded. Yeah, he's just stopped bothering. <laughs> but where, where, where was it leading to? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I was, I was hoping that it was leading to a place where we stop having stories like this, where the everything hinges upon, A, the whole universe hinges upon something that the Doctor does, or fear of what the Doctor does, or the fact that the Doctor single-handedly scared off the Cybermen, the Suntarans, the, the Daleks. Not only did he single-handedly scare them off, he single-handedly did basically defend the planet against them for hundreds of years that he is too powerful too big and the stories that they have to put him in are just not small enough that unlike earlier doctor stories where he might land on a planet and the fate of some colonists may be in go or or perhaps the whole planet or or maybe a solar system but not the galaxy the universe everything i thought that's where they were going i thought they were trying to scale the storytelling back to you know i'm gonna i'm gonna lay a little which, bit low which but, I, you know i think they did they did tell some small scale stories in series in series seven but is that over now it sounds that, like you it. know that, that that's what i'm wondering because this this was back to the doctor's legend utterly unclear as to the timeline of the daleks now are, are these the daleks that were regenerated after victory of the daleks well no because they're then i mean i'm not unhappy to see the traditional dalek becoming the kind of main dalek again because i hated the victory design. but they had them in asylum of the daleks yes they, but they had them as a variation along with practically well if not the standard as, troops yeah you know every other every other dalek that's appeared in the history of the show so you have you have victory of the daleks introducing the the, the new design ones you have the big bang with the, the stone daleks which i guess were new design though it was hard to tell because they were stone you have then um no dalek stories through until asylum of the daleks when you would expect well this is the first time we might actually get a story with the new design daleks in it and indeed they're there but they are there along with every other dalek from the history of the show well i mean they they did they did indicate in victory of the daleks that there was a little ragtag small group of daleks that were trying to and it sounds like they may have been a ragtag group of the humanized daleks created in parting of ways because they were having trouble convincing the the capsule that they were real daleks right and mm. that's yes. what they needed the doctor to say you are the daleks and that's what triggered that to create the however many it was four or five main daleks they then wiped out the impure daleks Yes. And then went off and, I guess, created an entirely new Dalek race, which looks like the Russell T. Davies era Daleks. And so, you know, I'm perfectly fine with those five Daleks being up there with the Emperor. Oh, you mean the ones they created were old-style yeah. Daleks? They repopulated not... the universe, which are shock troops, yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe. I mean, it's not said in show, but I mean, considering that they still had them there at the Parliament, and they were occupying a space with the Prime Minister rather than out in the, the galleries... It seems from, like they from were... Victor from Victory of the Daleks, I had assumed by the end of it that all of the original design Daleks had been destroyed and all the new Daleks had been created to I, in, I, in, in the appearance and style of the new design. I think that's that's uh, fair to take from that episode, but the, the question is, were the Daleks in Victory of the Daleks actually true Daleks? Or, or, or were they those parting of the ways Daleks that had been sifted through human DNA to create new ones? That we thought Rose wiped all of them out. And just trying to fit it back in, I'm thinking, you know, if if they were not true to pure DNA Dalek, that would explain why they couldn't open the capsule that had the new design in them. Yeah, yeah. And that would explain why the new ones would immediately turn around and kill them. It's like, yeah. okay, well, you've done your yeah. job. You're gone. So, yes, I think at the end of that, those five Daleks were the only ones 
left or four or five Daleks, however many it was, the new, the new style Daleks. But then what they did from there, I created all the, redid the Russell T. Davies style. Okay, fine. It's functional. They like it. Gets through doors easier than the big ones. <laughs> yeah, perhaps uses a little less material. I, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to make, I'm trying to make excuses, but I still can't quite figure out where all the Daleks how, you know, great, we've we've wiped out the Time Lords, we've wiped out the Daleks, but oh wait, we haven't wiped out the Daleks because they've rebuilt back to a universal army that's now seriously threatening. And we haven't wiped out the Time Lords, so if we ever bring the Time Lords back, the Time War starts again, and we're stuck. So they didn't, what, whatever they accomplished in Day of the Doctor is kind of undone. So any hope of bringing Gallifrey back is basically gone because the Time War is too too terrible to contemplate. Yeah, let's see. Uh, one then. And that's basically Tasha Lem and the Church of the Papal Mainframe. I, I'm gonna I'm just gonna run through a few things that we learned about Tasha during the course of this episode and and say is ask the question is she supposed to be something else? Is she is she gonna be back? Is she a mystery that we're supposed to be paying attention? For one thing, one she does not know the Doctor's current body. Now that's that's introduced in the very first part so mm-hmm. your immediate thought is that she knows the doctor from before and they just haven't met in a long time okay mm-hmm. he states very clearly you know she lives a lot long as long as he does in this episode and she doesn't age and he says she's against aging so she is something that can somehow not age um she is a psychopath. She's been fighting the psychopath in her her entire life. Now, I, I'm just going to mention that that occurs almost moments after the scene where she says, well, and then Kavorian's created a psychopath to kill you, Doctor. And he says, totally married her. I wouldn't have survived without River Song. And there's little smiles all around. And then later on, when she's been taken over by the Dalek, and he says, you can fight it. And she says, I can feel the Dalek waking up. And he says, you have been fighting the psychopath in you your entire life. Keep fighting. What backstory is there that there is a psychopath in her life? Unless she is some, dare I say it, River Song. Although how that's possible, I don't know. But 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 I've got a couple more things here. Um, Go on then, because I'm not convinced yet. <laughs> I'm not convinced yet either, because obviously she would know this body if she were River Song. So I mean, there's a big there's a big no. It can't possibly be. But well, would she? Would, would, oh yeah, she would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it doesn't. She that, was, that doesn't that doesn't strike me as being terribly plausible. She was overcome by the Dalek conversion, and uh, and quote, she died. Which, you know, we got that from Asylum of the Daleks. Oh, I forgot that I died. But then the doctor says to the Daleks, she would never tell you how to get through that force field. She would die before she tells you. And what was the Daleks' response? She did die several times. How does she die several times? Um, and then when she's done, we, that's Matt Smith at 300 years middle-aged. She's the one that comes and picks up Clara later on. She's still fighting the Dalek? Overcome it somehow? Don't know. Going on. And then we have the Church of the Papal Mainframe. Big computer where you, where apparently you get saved in this life and the next. And what was, what happened to, what happened to River Song? She was saved in a computer. A big computer. Really big computer. Uh, yeah. In the library. In the library. Which was taken over by the Vashta Narada and, and basically vacated. So, um, 
<clears throat> River saved in a computer. This is to save your soul, church. I, I'm just wondering if there's some tie in here. You know, maybe it, it just feels like there's got to be some connection because she's just filling too much of the role that River would have filled. Way too eager to, you know, jump in bed with him. Um, kind of that sort of adversarial and yet supportive role. I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, you're suggesting that that's a piece of deliberate writing rather than the fact that these are two characters who happen to have been written by the same writer. There's too many things like the, you know, she died several times. Why are we being presented with information like that that, that goes nowhere in this story? Nowhere at I didn't, all. I didn't spot that, and I, I certainly can't explain it, but I'm, I'm not convinced by the river parallels as an explanation. I, uh, I, I grant there's still, there's still some explaining to be done. I can't quite believe that. I could kind of picture, is. kind of, and I'm just making it up, I could picture the church, the, the, the library, the, the people, the existence in the library, if it is a mass computer you know, over time i could envision that upgrading itself i mean cyberman can do it why couldn't the why couldn't the computer do it and if it were i could kind of see river song uh I don't want to say creating a church, but I could certainly see one that seems to be very focused on the doctor, which is what it kind of seems like it is. I, I know. can't it's... see her creating a church. Also, she's in custody. She's she's kept in custody by soldiers of church in uh, Times of the Angels. Yes, but she was a psychopath. I'm... <laughs> yes, but would she have kept her if if she if she was a founder of this church or the leader Good of this point. church? Good would point. she have kept herself in custody? Maybe she's River's daughter. I don't know, but there's got to be something. Thing there there was just there was there was something that was going on in this story it could be just as thrown away as the stupid uh the naked field that was for there for no apparent reason in the course of the story but it did seem those those lines the line about the psychopath the line about dying several times the line about not aging being against well, aging I, all of those I certainly I, well the line against being against aging i thought was perhaps just to throw away yes bag. i agree it could have been um but yes i i missed i missed the uh, dying several times time and so flying I, the tardis has never been a problem that's yes. the other line flying yeah, the doctor I did, spot, is. I did spot that and i did think that was there was something interesting about that again at the time i did just peg it down to there there is you know there's more of clearly she knows the doctor from previous incarnation and there's more of a backstory going on there but whether it's any whether it's any more of a backstory that we can we can expect to to, to hear about or whether it's just something that's been created as if it's locked into some gap somewhere um because it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be the first time that, that we meet someone who the Doctor knows from before, but we've never seen. It's just some unseen adventure. And so it could be that. But, but but certainly certainly some of those things and in particular the dying several times that's that's intriguing me and I, yeah I will pay some close attention to it when I give it a rewatch I, I I really was hoping that we were closing off all these frankly unsatisfying story threads that we've had and they're mostly unsatisfying because they when they came to the end the the answers really weren't very good and so now I'm gonna look back at these old older episodes and go oh yeah that's not a great mystery. Um, that was just, uh, just Madame Kavorian blowing up the TARDIS or where it happens to be. Yeah. I'm worried here that they were setting up Tasha Lem as a character to come back in Capaldi's reign, um, filling basically the role of River Song, who I never liked. Man, it's not I'm hoping River Song will come back. I, I, I like I like River Song, and I want to see her with Capaldi. That's kind of what I want to see. I want to see Alex Kingston and P. 
Peter Capaldi, um, you know, I, I just want to see how that would that would play out. And that's interesting um, when normally I might feel that maybe we've we've kind of had all of the river story we might have. That would be interesting because just purely because of the change dynamic with um, the new Doctor. Any thoughts on Capaldi's uh, one scene at the end? It was too short. <laughs> I really, I, I don't have a handle on him. I, I really don't have a handle on him. I'm not sure what to think. So uh, I, I don't know. I would have just, I'd have liked a little bit more. But I can see they want to give themselves the freedom to actually explore what his doctor is going to be like in the, the you know, in the production of, of the full series. And so they can't box themselves in by having a, a longer performance. But, it, but even then, just comparing it to what we got of Tennant in The Parting of the Ways or what we got of smith in the end of time it really short yeah and i think i think we remember moffat saying something to the effect of um his his first scene will be very unexpected or you know it won't be what you it won't be what you expect but but kind of it was i mean yeah, yeah okay i didn't expect it would be kidneys but how is that any different from mm, i got a mole i it yes it's really not uh, uh it's very much as expected and so is this really, oh, I'm having a little pain. Yeah, I'm got a new body. And oh, the TARDIS is crashing. <laughs> I mean, it's actually exactly um, previous yeah, regenerations. If, if, if Capaldi had made, in some way that was significant to the plot, some slightly longer cameo than he made in Day of Doctor at the beginning of this episode, before you know being regenerated into at the end. He could have been the narrator. That, yeah, for example. For example. And it, yeah, I, I, I kind of feel that... that there, there was an opportunity to do something different here because again we've got a, we've got a build up to we everyone knows there's there's going to be a regeneration it's slightly shorter than the the, the tenant here a build up but nevertheless we know it's coming and so it, it needed to be different from or I I felt it, it needed to be different from what happened with the end of time which felt like it it built up to this kind of self indulgent finale and it wasn't enough different from the end of, I mean it was nowhere near as bad as the end of time I enjoyed it it was. It was a good, entertaining episode, but wasn't it, it wasn't quite as different or interesting in regeneration terms as I expected and certainly after you know having having recently had the day of doctor which I feel we were spoiled by um it, it, it wasn't that caliber of episode I I'm 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 disappointed in the episode I I really don't I, I feel like when I came out of the episode that nothing happened or that nothing was resolved everything is as it was when we went in except the doctor's regeneration limit has been reset reset um and in that respect, I, you know, I, I, I feel I feel cheated. It was kind of a downer of an episode, and um, I didn't downer. I didn't I didn't cry. Yeah, I didn't think that was a I didn't think that was a happy ending by any stretch of the way. I'm not saying that the regeneration episodes are supposed to be a happy ending, but it wasn't a victory. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a triumphant end of the Doctor. It was a it was a fizzle out. Uh, and uh, oh, uh, yeah. I, you know, some people were a little sad, but the only time I was sad was when Handles died. Um, <laughs> That was sad. Duh. That was surprisingly sad. I'm like, well, that's kind of. I wish he'd stuck around, but um, I have. I have to say, I, I thought the um, rerouting of the telephone through the console was going to lead to something. Talking about, uh, we mentioned a number of things being set up and then not quite paying off, and I thought that would lead to something more significant than being Handel's last word. But you know, the thing about those being Handel's last words, you could you could look at it as being wild coincidence, or you could look at that as being I'm dead. I've got one last thing I'm supposed to do for you, and here it is. You know, that's that's yes. almost like canine dying and his 
giving a, yes, a, a yes. final. That was surprisingly sad when he did that. It's like, wow, that guy has been your best companion for your entire, basically, uh, two-thirds of his life. Yeah. Right? Wait, did he die at 300 years? I guess he died at 300 years, didn't he? Yes, that was, so one, yes, yeah, so one said. Um, but I, I certainly found it very entertaining when Handel said, you know, comfort is not relevant to whatever, and then he adjusted and he said, oh, wow, that's nice, or however yeah. it went. Yeah. I, did, I did enjoy Handel, Handel's. But, um, I mean, the other the other thing, the last thing I've got in my note is, as well as all of these other things that we've mentioned that this episode has to do, it's also a Christmas special. And so, it, you know, from an emotional point of view, it, it's maybe not intended to be a downer. How did you think it did overall as a Christmas? special. I thought Christmas was utterly in- incidental to this story. I mean, it, it, it didn't, you know, even though uh, so, for example, um, uh, a Christmas Carol episode mm-hmm. was not on Earth, and, and maybe it wasn't even Christmas time, I don't know. That felt far more Christmassy to me than this one did. Um, oh, the fact that that, it, that, w- that was very Christmassy. Yeah, it was. It was very Christmassy, and it, 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 of course the, the Christmas Carol story is, is very um, the same is true with the, the Lion, the Witch, and the Doctor's Wardrobe, or uh, whatever that one was. Um, very Christmas is this one. The fact that when we go to Earth, Christmas is not very Christmassy. It's not. It's not snowy. It's not. Uh, they're not all bundled up. Christmassy. No. I, I. I. In fact, I think it was meant to be intentionally not. That looked like Christmas in Arizona to me. <laughs> you know, it's just. It just. It really had a sort of. There wasn't any decoration except in her apartment. Uh, there, there was, and I know it doesn't snow every Christmas in in England. I know that was a snow any Christmas. It doesn't snow any. I know that was a, that was a thing that happened when Charles Dickens was a kid. I think I read that somewhere that when Charles Dickens was a kid, where he lived, there was an unusual cold snap of several years where it snowed at Christmas for several years during his formative years. But basically, mm-hmm. it doesn't do that. And I think we've only had it once in the last ten years. Or so. So I, I get that was probably more realistic, but, but then we got you, all the snow on Trenzalore. Yeah, well, of course, because there's only sun <laughs> a few minutes a day, so you'd grow your crops in the snow and the dark. Come but to if think you want of it, snow. You've got yeah, well. I, I did think that when I was suggesting mushroom, but. Um... <laughs> Yes, Trenzalore was like a postcard, or the, the yeah. town of Christmas. Yeah. But I don't know. It didn't. It didn't really. It didn't really seem Christmassy to me. It just. It was. It was trappings designed to say it's a Christmas special. Here you go, but not relevant to the story. There was no. There was no major thematic Christmas thing to it. I mean, we could we could get into the whole. You know, if you were doing Easter and then renewal and regeneration and all that stuff, but there's really nothing in that. Christmas is more of peace on earth and and um goodwill towards nothing nothing there i i i didn't think they i think it was just an excuse to have an episode well we, the only thing we can do is have it on christmas day because we're required to so let's give it a little let's call the town christmas that'll work i i felt it was kind of quite seasonal partly because of the snow and stuff but also partly because i didn't expect christmas to be central to the story because it didn't really form a central part of the snowmen last year and i'm not sure that the doctor's That's wardrobe true. was actually that chrissy i did love the christmas carol i thought i thought that was great um the snowman was a was a was a great episode as well so that 
you know, that's another good recent Christmas special. And I thought this was a much better episode than The Doctor's Wardrobe. So, uh, again, somewhere somewhere in the middle for me. Um, but, yeah, yeah, um, not... Not a completely un-Christmassy episode, and not not um, not certainly not the worst Christmas special we've had. If that you know, if they want to take an episode that I'm going to enjoy anyway, and stick a bit of snow in it to call it Christmas special, that's fine with me. And this had a bit of snow stuck in it, and they called it a Christmas special, and it was better than the Doctor's Wardrobe. So in that respect, job done. Um, but it 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 wasn't as good as Snowmen, and uh, it was good Christmas Carol. So again, yeah, it was somewhere in the middle. Okay, I'm just gonna, I have just one more thing. Now that we've seen Name of the Doctor, Day of the Doctor. Night time of the doctor. Of the doctor. Yeah. I, you know, we've, we've got it all. We've got all the three pieces now, and then we've gone off. We're done with Matt Smith. We've got a new doctor. I'm still annoyed at the end of Name of the Doctor. When <laughs> when Matt comes into his own timeline, he, he comes through, a, you know, a portal in his own timeline where Clara's lying there sobbing. He says, come on, Clara, I'm going to rescue. And behind him, the portal he comes through seals up behind him. And he takes Clara, and I don't remember whether he's carrying her or he walks off shouldering her or, or whatnot but he heads off and then that's when he he turns around he sees the war doctor and uh he gives his little speech and we see and introducing john hurt as the war doctor and at the bottom it says to be continued what happened at the end of how did he get out of his own time stream why could they not have addressed that in any way, shape, or form? We have completely and utterly it just... boring. It wasn't even continued. It's not boring. I mean, that's the most dangerous thing the Doctor's ever done, is jumped into his own time stream. I mean, that should be the end of the line for him. It's like, that would be like if he jumped into a meat grinder at the end of one episode and it said, to be continued... And then the next episode, we just forget about it. I, I, I uh, you don't well, do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's forbidden. I don't feel I would have been enthralled if at the beginning of the next episode, they, well, particularly since it would have been the day of the Doctor, they had felt obliged to stick in a sequence where he carries Clara and, oh, a hole pops up and he steps out of his timeline and back to... Yeah, I agree that if that's all he did, then that was, then that was a problem. But you don't make it the cliffhanger at the end of the story then. But the, the, the the cliffhanger wasn't being in his timeline. The, the, the difficulty he was having was actually rescuing Clara. He found Clara, so in that way, that felt resolved me. And then the cliffhanger was the mystery of who is this man, mm. this other Doctor we've never seen. I agree it would not have fit at the way Day of the Doctor was written. But to me, then, that means it feels like Day of the Doctor was written and in, in total isolation from what they were doing in Name of the Doctor. Uh, if it had been two different writers, I would have said, well, then they should have had a script editor fix that. But uh, as it's the same guy and presumably he wrote them in a relatively linear fashion, something just seems wrong. So, something just seems like they missed something. Or maybe there was a different ending because it was supposed to be the ninth Doctor or Christopher Eccleston or something. I, I don't know. I, it wouldn't have made sense if it had been Christopher Eccleston. No, it wouldn't have made sense, which is what I mean. Then they wouldn't have had to have that ending with the War Doctor. It would have been something something different. Well, so I guess we have beat this episode to death. We don't have to worry about it for another eight months. For another episode of yes. Doctor Who. Yes. Um, we'll be waiting eagerly to see Mr. Capaldi and his Tom Baker eyes storm the screen and and uh, and wow us with his with his performance. Which I am I, I really I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm really I, looking yes. forward to it. Um, Dis I, despite my uncertainty about what it's gonna be like. 
I'm very, very curious here. All right. Well, Simon, thank you for joining me on your Christmas holidays. Pleasure, as always. And to our listeners, I hope you've enjoyed our look at the time of the Doctor, Matt Smith's final story. And I hope you'll join us again next time on Fusion Patrol. Fusion Patrol is a Lone Locust production. Like us, leave us a review on iTunes. Or stop by and visit at our website, fusionpatrol.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. Search for Fusion Patrol. Or just drop us a note at feedback at fusionpatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf.